2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
3: all right cover high let's keep rocking we got no time to waste today we got a million things going on i'm under a tremendous amount of pressure
4: We do. We have a couple more baseball things to get to before we go to tonight's games. We have our AL and NL Players of the Month for August, Scotty. Jose Abreu of the White Sox, Tatis Jr. of the Padres, the two teams that we talk about the most with what a huge surprise they've been. They get the two players as Player of the Month. The Dodgers placed Justin Turner on the injured list. He's got a hamstring strain. How about Vince Scully, Scotty? Joining social media, did you watch his video today? Is like welcome to social media. It was like the classic Vin Scully right. voice. It was like, we're gonna talk about old time, you know, um, great moments in baseball, and and we're gonna be nice to each other too. You know, he mentioned that here. In. We're gonna be friends uh, here. Everybody's gonna be friendly. How about Vin Scully getting involved on the social media? You excited?
3: Yeah, I mean, I saw it was great to see him. I'm glad he's doing well. Uh, everyone loves Vin Scully. And uh he's he's way up there, but he's still rocking, he's still sharp, his attack. I, I think it's cool that he's doing it. And obviously millions of fans love him, so it'll be successful. It'll be bigger than our, our social media followings.
2: <laughs> Let's
4: get to tonight's games. We actually have two games, Scotty, going on right now. The Giants, who scored 23 runs last night, like we talked about, they're already out to a six one uh lead. Over the Colorado Rockies. So the runs just keep piling up for the Giants out at Coors Field this week. The Mets and the Orioles tied at two right now in the third inning. So two games currently going on tonight. The Cincinnati Reds. Sonny Gray got hammered last night by the Cardinals. Cardinals get another crack at them tonight. Reds still a minus 150 favorite here, Scotty.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go Cardinals here after that beating last night. I say uh, they do it again harder, and they're getting a run and a half, plus 136. I'm all over that. Uh, That Blue Jays-Marlins game, I'm going uh, Blue Jays there. Marlins hit for me last night. I was on fire. Cubs-Pirates, I'm going to go Cubs again at PNC. Uh, it's the right thing to do for America. It's my number three play on Pharrell dot com. nationals and Phillies. I'm going to go Nats. I think it's Scherzer. I'm uh, going to bet on him whenever he's on the mound. I think the Phillies are playing really good ball right now. So taking that run and a half is not the worst thing I've ever heard of. Rays Yankees. I'm going Rays again in the Bronx. I know they're upset. I know they're angry. We'll see if they can turn it into a W. Uh, the Yankees, to me, you know, finally win a game after losing six. I'm not impressed with the Yankees these days. I'm going to stick with the Rays. I'll take that run and a half and, and plus about twenty. I know there's a lot of other games as well. What do we got?
4: Yes, you've also got the Braves and the Red Sox tonight at Fenway. The Braves beat up on them last night, Scotty.
3: Yeah, Braves again uh, here. The Red Sox are a minor league team. Let's face facts. I like this Tiger team. I'll take the run and a half and plus 146 against uh, the shockingly average Brewers. The Brewers basically stink this year, it's unbelievable. Indians and Royals. I'm going to go Royals here. Take the one and a half plus a buck 38 to trip up the tribe tonight. White Sox twins. I'm going to go back to back to the wall with the twins. Uh, The price is a little uh, steep, but I like them to get uh, things going again tonight against the White Sox and take that series. Uh, Rangers Astros Astros are my number two play twins are my number eight play. So I'm going to go. Uh Astro's there, a big number, but I like them over uh the Rangers, no problem there, and I know there's a couple other stragglers left in terms of games uh dbacks Dodgers, I'm going Dodgers, my number four play, Padres Angels, San Diego's my top pick again tonight. Love the Padres. I'm gonna lay the run and a half. I think the angels stink.
4: <laughs> there is tonight's baseball slate for you right there. Let's do a little hockey now, Scotty uh last night. New York Islanders, and we welcome to all of our radio affiliates right here on Pharrell Coast to Coast. Let's we get into them. a little hockey here. We love them. We love them all. Let's get to the hockey. The Flyers got another, had another two-goal lead in the third period. The Islanders come back and tie Ooh. it, but once again, the Flyers win it in overtime. Here it is, Scotty, on NBCSN last night. Inside for Giroux. Claude
5: Giroux all the way back. Here's Proveroff. A wrist shot.
3: that same uh, shot Carver high. That'll kill you every time Uh, a wrister uh, from up high uh, gets knocked in front of the net down low off a stick. And it's like a pinball machine uh, shooting down the middle. You got no chance. The goalie's looking up at the puck coming at him. It gets knocked down. They can't ever react to it. It's the easiest goal in hockey when a puck is deflected downward uh, toward the ice. And that's what happened. We saw it in a couple of games uh, the last few days. Big goals, uh, knocked down with a stick. I had the Flyers yesterday, and I've been on the Islanders in the series. I've been on the Islanders almost every game, but I hit the Flyers uh, last night. Now they're in it. Now you go to game six, and I still think the Islanders will finish them off. And, in fact, I think they'll finish them off tomorrow in game six, and that'll be that. The Islanders are still the better team. Once again, you tell me if I'm wrong. They're up 3-1 Philly, dominating the game, and the Islanders scored two goals in about a a two-minute span, and they just proved that the Flyers don't know what to do with this team. They're their worst nightmare. They score whenever they want. When they're down 3-1 twice in this series, they came back and tied the games and lost in overtime. I don't think it happens again. I think the Islanders flat-out beat them tomorrow night.
4: Yeah, both of the games that the Islanders have lost in this series now, Scotty. They had to come back in the third period from multi-goal deficits, and then they end up losing on tipped pucks that went in in overtime. So uh, against Florida, the Islanders had a chance to close out. They didn't and then won the next game. Against Washington, they had a chance to close out. They didn't and won the next game. So this is kind of following the pattern of what the Islanders did in the first couple rounds, hopefully for them. They can finish it off quickly. Let's hear from Elaine Vigneault, Scotty. He was happy with what his team did last night.
6: I think I use the term, uh, they need to wear their big boy pants. And, uh, you know, without a doubt, uh, they can get to play and, and their whole group came to play tonight. Uh, that team on the other side is an experienced team. It's a, a real sound, fundamental hockey team. And you have to earn... You know, every inch out there, and I thought uh, we came to play. We had a real strong first period, and we were able to, to in the, early in the third, make it 3-1. I thought we were playing fairly well and found a way to make it interesting, I guess. So we found a way to get the job done, and that's what we did.
1: Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I think the big thing for me, Carver High, is uh, what's the deal with Barzal and, then uh, you know, for the Islanders and Crotorier, for the Flyers, in terms of uh, Game 6. Both of them left the ice and neither one of them came back. That's when you know they're injured.
4: Yes, uh, those are two huge injuries for both teams and as per usual with the NHL Scotty, both coaches today during their press conferences, no update. We'll find out tomorrow uh, before the game. so they're not going to tell That's you until you until you see them skate on the ice, uh, you're not going to find out. Uh, the other game last night, the Vancouver Canucks uh, forced a game six with the Vegas Golden Knights behind the ex- outstanding play of your boy. Thatcher Demko in the pipe, Scotty. He made 41 saves. The Knights were all over him, but Vancouver found a way to get a couple goals. Good for them, right?
3: Well, look, I don't know anything about Demko other than he came up huge last night. But if you look at Markstrom and you look at Demko, if he's for real, which, you know, one game isn't uh, an entire novel, but I will say he looked really good to me in a pressure game, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, in a game five uh, they had to win, and he got it done. So think about that franchise, you know, moving forward. Their future looks really bright with the speed they have and the, and the young goalies they have uh, that can stop the puck. So any way you look at it, I think Vegas wins this series. But, the you know, Canucks moving forward look really like they're in great shape.
4: Now the interesting thing with Demco last night, Scotty, is, is that Markstrom is a free agent at the end of the season. So Demko maybe uh, showing himself last night that maybe he could be the guy in Vancouver next year if they let Markstrom move on after this one. Another game six tonight. The Colorado Avalanche, Scotty, will try to keep it going. They were down 3-1. They won the last game behind those five first-period goals against Ben Bishop. We have talked about this a lot the last two days. Is it going to be Bishop or Hudobin tonight for the Dallas Stars? Do the Stars finish it tonight, Scotty? Or do you like the Avalanche to force a Game 7 here? They are the favorites tonight.
3: I hope they start Hudobin. I don't think they will. I think they're uh, going to slap uh, Bishop in the face if they don't start him. I thought the defense played terribly in front of him in that first period. They were in cement uh, as the Abs were skating all around him like the Russian Red Army. Look, I think that number at a goal and a half and even money is uh, too much for me to pass up. I still think the stars have been the better team, not only in the series, but in the playoffs, they've been unbelievable. I think they'll respond. It's dangerous to bet them based on the way the abs looked the other night. Colorado looks so fantastic and so much better than the stars. But the reality is I don't think they've played better than Dallas in this series. And I think it goes back to Dallas. I think uh, the stars will win.
4: Now, uh, Todd Reardon, as you know, was just fired by the Washington Capitals. He now has a job. Again, he will be an assistant with your Pittsburgh Penguins coming up next year. Now, there is history here, Scotty. This was actually a nice landing spot for Reardon. Crosby loves him. He was on Dan Bousma's staff between 10 and 14. So he's been with the Penguins before. This seems like a nice fit for Reardon to keep going in the league after getting let go by the Capitals.
3: And they brought in the guy from Wilkes-Barre that has been their star coach there. Yeah. I'm a little surprised that uh, the wrecking ball got let go after all of his years with the uh, franchise and the great uh, career he's had with them as a player and as a coach. And with the Stanley Cubs, he's won. uh, I thought he kind of got shafted, but it is what it is. I'll be honest with you. I could care less who the assistants are in the NHL. (laughs) Let's get
4: to the football then. Yesterday we talked about how Alvin Kamara maybe, maybe would be traded by the New Orleans Saints. Doesn't sound like that is going to happen, Scotty. There was some interest, but he was back at practice today. Sounds like they're getting closer on a new deal. All is going to be right for the New Orleans Saints with Alvin Kamara. How about that?
3: I'm just saying it's bad reporting. You know, uh, it's these reporters that'll throw anything against, you know, the noodle against the fridge to see if the noodles are ready, see if it sticks. I'm going to put a story out that, uh, you know, the Saints are open to trading him. What they're open to do is not pay him a ton of money. That's what they're open to do. Bottom line is, I never thought they were going to trade Alvin Kamara. I said it on Coast to Coast that I couldn't believe they would let a guy with that much talent ankle breaking, speed, playmaking ability, touchdown maker. He can catch the rock. The guy does it all. And you're going to let him go for what? A couple million dollars you don't want to pay him, but you're willing to give everybody else down there all the money. And you're willing to have that old man quarterback. And you're going to get rid of your best player because he had what? An injury? Uh, last year, I mean, give me a break. I-, I didn't believe that story for one minute. It's just terrible reporting. Hey, I'm going to start the day off by starting trade rumors. That's my style of reporting. I'm going to make up stories. That was bogus. Uh, she should be ashamed of herself. I don't care what anybody says. They were never trained. Kansas him.
4: City. They were never trading him. The Kansas City Chiefs got their Super Bowl rings last night, Scotty. We will take a look at them while we listen to Andy Reid tell you one of the things that he plans on doing with that new Super Bowl ring. Here's Andy Reid.
5: wear it for special occasions, uh, or if you want a free cheeseburger, you just point right there and <laughs> show them that ring and you might get one. But, uh, um, you know, I, I've had a little bit of a sneak uh, peek at a picture of one, so I, I kind of I don't know what it looks like uh, on a piece of paper, but I I look forward to, uh, to seeing it.
3: Well, there you go. It's a beautiful ring, and, uh, you know, they're going to win seven in a row. So he's going to have all kinds of rings. (laughs) He's going to blow up to the size of a boat. He's going to eat so many free cheeseburgers. Can you imagine, like, just first of all, Kansas City is a great uh, steak town, a great barbecue town. Uh, It is really known for its food. And I lived there for uh, a summer uh, covering the Royals. And, uh, after they won the world series in 85 and 86, I I worked there at KCTV five and it is the best food ever. And if you're really into eating and being a fat ass, it's a perfect place uh, for guys (laughs) that love to eat and drink. I mean, it is really a place to be slovenly. I love Kansas city food. It's, it's badass. I went to a steak place a few weeks ago and, um, it was outdoors and they, and I saw a Kansas city strip on that menu and it was over. I didn't look at another thing. I said, just bring me to Kansas city. Strip. I'm good to go. And they brought it out. It was the size of a Shaq O'Neal's tennis shoe.
4: <laughs> Patrick Mahomes not only received his Super Bowl ring last night, but he also gave out a ring to his longtime girlfriend. He's going to get married, Scotty. So young Patrick Mahomes. Him of the $500 million contract, Super Bowl MVP, uh, NFL MVP, 50 touchdowns a couple years ago. He's got a lot of life ahead of him, and he's going to get married at a very young age. How about that for Patrick, Scotty?
3: fail i saw him partying in vegas uh after the fury fight and he had a hundred women around him that's what i would have picked uh give me my super bowl ring and a harem i'm good to go with 100 chicks i don't need one no offense congratulations on getting engaged i hope his marriage lasts forever and uh, i put the odds at at relatively low
4: Sorry. Sorry. Tampa Bay the Tampa Bay Bucks are gonna play the New Orleans Saints in week one. Rob Gronkowski, what will the Bucks expect from him? Well, Gronk says, Scotty, he's ready to go. Here's Gronk.
6: I've been playing for nine years, so I played. I played in the NFL for nine years. It's just like practice; it just came back like that. I mean, so I'm hoping that that's how it is for the game. Going to prepare to the best that I can, and hopefully, right when I get out there, it's just like it's just like any other game. Game on, baby! From the first play on.
3: Yeah, it'll be great. And then by the sixth week, he'll be cripple again, like he always is.
4: He's got to put, what do you mean, Scott? He's lost a little bit of weight here. He's in better shape. He's going to catch balls from Tom again. Rob's going to be just fine.
3: That guy is literally, he sleeps in a hospital bed. That's how injured he gets.
2: Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 seven. As our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
5: I got to tell you, I was on the Avs the other night. Something's telling me the stars. I don't know, Scotty. I I, I bet the Avs at 245 with the series price, right? Thinking good value. If they win tonight, it goes to seven. We can be in a good hedge position. But I got to believe... They just played their asses off for Hutch in that game, right? Fan Suze was so bad in that. Like, I don't know if they can maintain that level. And I'm going to be honest with you. Michael Hutchison is a third-string goalie. He was, like, released by the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know him very well. You know, he could make a couple saves, but it gets really leaky. So i got to be honest with you. Probably the over in this game because if Colorado beats Dallas, they're probably going to have to get five or six again.
3: Yeah, I'm scared to death of the bat. I took the stars, and who do you like in the uh, Bucks Heat in the Rocker uh, Rockets game seven?
5: I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the the points with Miami again until Milwaukee proves it. You know I'm just I'm gonna go back to the well like you did with Boston, right? Who's to say Boston's up two nothing in the series? Why can't Miami win again and cover that number? I see it up to six, uh, and in the other game, I think the Rockets will get it done. That was a bad performance last game, but I love Chris Paul the way he's clutching uh, Game Seven. He'll be ready to go, but I think the Rockets have a little bit more talent.
3: All right, Cam, thanks. Great stuff. Game time decisions coming up top of the hour. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. All right. right. Uh, Let's go to Mike Blewett now. Uh, Football full circle. We always love to talk to our boy Blue and we got a lot of football to hit. How you doing, Mike? All right, so let's uh, start with. I, I want to start with Fournette and the talk of late this afternoon that there's alleged interest in uh, Fournette by the Patriots. You know, uh, obviously they did a great job with Garrett Blunt in like a similar situation. Blunt had had all kinds of problems, if you remember. And then they made him uh, a beast again in Foxborough. There's not a lot of people that respect Leonard Fournette these days. There was no interest on the waiver. Uh, The guy did nothing in Jacksonville, had a couple of good games. I mean, he's got power. He's huge. But don't you think that that smells like it could turn into something positive for him if he went to New England?
0: No doubt about it. I think Bill Belichick would would welcome a player like that. I think the the thing that he's better at, more so than any other GM, is extracting value out of these situations. Legarrett Blunt is a really good example. Cam Newton is a primary example of what we're seeing right now. It doesn't mean Cam is going to win MVP, but everybody would take Cam at that price. And Fournette's virtually going to be free now, probably playing close to a minimum deal at this stage of his career.
3: So let's talk about uh, Alvin Kamara. Did you ever believe the stories that were running rampant that he was going to get traded? Because I, I said on Coast to Coast, I just do not believe that for one minute. This guy is a stud. Why would they get rid of him? He's literally, in my opinion, the best player on the team. I know yeah. Michael Thomas is great, but I mean, Kamara does a lot of things.
0: Yeah, I, I agree in that he's a vital part, vital piece to their success, right? I I don't think that was a real rumor. I think that is a little bit of negotiating ploy. When the agent throws something out there, the team throws something out right back in order to try to throw cold water on all of it. And as it turns out, within 24 to 48 hours, he's back on the field. I, I would note that he received an epidural shot in his back. That is not insignificant. I don't know how injured he is or what the long-term effects of that will be. But at this point, you and I have watched enough football and we've seen enough happening in in recent times in terms of the value of running backs, That it will never stun me if a team decides to move on from a running back. But Kamara and the Saints, certainly not now, not for this season.
3: Well, I mean, Mixon got really good money, I thought, in uh, Cincinnati, and I think he's a horse. Uh, I can see Kamara getting you know, better money than than Mixon. Uh, I don't think it's a bad move to give him solid money.
0: Well, the problem is we are likely going to have a change at the quarterback position by the time Alvin Kamara is done with his deal, right? If you guessed right now, would you say it was Breeze's last season? I would. So then we're talking about committing to Alvin Kamara when Jameis Winston is the quarterback, Taysom Hill, which I don't believe, uh, or some unknown commodity, perhaps a rookie that they're drafting, so in that sense, if I'm the Saints, I'm probably holding off on the long term deal. at least so, a bank like, uh, uh, at least one that's going to break the bank. If they can get a reasonable one, then I'd do it.
3: all right, fair enough. Uh, Gronkowski, do you believe that his body will hold up because I have uh, serious reservations just because he's in the sun, uh, that he's going to have uh, a healthy season. He never <laughs> is healthy.
0: no. Yeah. Uh, I I think they're going to manage snaps. I'd be surprised if this was anywhere near a full workload for Gronk. For you fantasy owners out there, I'm sure that's disappointing, but you're just looking for Gronk to catch touchdowns and not put up an 85-catch season like he used to. If I'm them, I need Gronk healthy in December, in January, when they're making a real run through the playoffs. I, I don't see any reason to give him a full workload at this stage of his career.
3: So tell me what you think the Dolphins. I know that Flores is playing these games with the media about Tua. What do you think his role is going to be on the Dolphins?
0: I, I think it's a really good question. It's the one that I've hemmed and hawed a lot about over the last couple of months. Fitz is obviously going to start the season here. I think they tried to create some packages for Tua. But I always find it odd when a team goes into a season with a game plan of like, all right, well, let's play both quarterbacks and uh, we'll, we'll just sort of figure out what's good timing for it. If I'm the Dolphins, and I'm trying to win games. I want to go with Fitz for as long as it can go. And if his play falls off, then move over to Tua. But it, you, do you think it's all a smokescreen that his hip isn't ready to go?
3: I think he's healthy and absolutely ready to play. And I think they're stupid not to like get him involved in some capacity. Uh, This team, uh, they were in a lot of games last year. I thought Flores did a good job with this team. Why not put more talent on the field in any capacity to make them go to the next step? I think they're in a stage of steps that franchise and the first one was to not be the worst team in the league then you start getting in games now you need to start winning games just because you're in games doesn't mean you're better it's apparent that they're getting better but they need to win games i put the best players on the field how do you think burrow's gonna do in cincinnati
0: i have i have Doubts about this. People are starting to get bullish on Cincinnati, but you and I being Steelers fan, we've closely watched this franchise for a long period of time. It unfortunately to me is a huge assumption that Zach Taylor is going to get this all figured out a bunch of new pieces, still a fairly talent-deficient team, and you're throwing Burrow out there. Now, the offensive line is improved as from a year, two, and three years ago, uh, but he's still a rookie with a team that isn't all the way there. I do like some of the weapons. Obviously, Tyler Boyd is A.J. Green healthy, and Joe Mixon, as you mentioned, but I have doubts as to whether or not Joe Burrow's five-year run here through this first contract is going to be a wild success. This is an organization that has run through a lot of players and has not served their quarterbacks well over time.
3: Uh, Mike, how do you think the Washington thing will play out with uh, Snyder? And do you believe that, uh, you know, Haskins is obviously the starter. Do you believe they can actually win with all of this circus going on around them?
0: Not this year. I think it's a really good defense, a good front seven, a really impressive defensive line talent-wise, but I think they have a lot of holes, a 35-year-old running back, an offensive line that isn't as good as it used to be, nobody really at the tight end position to speak of, and a wide receiver core that, outside of Terry McLaurin, isn't particularly impressive. Do I think Haskins has a chance to improve? Yes, somewhat, but... Uh, Washington's a bottom three team in the NFC to me. I, I don't think they do a lot of winning, maybe five, six games max.
3: So the Steelers start on the Monday Nighter at MetLife yeah. against the Giants. Does Ben Roethlisberger go on the road to New York in his first game back and beat the Giants?
0: That's a layup, Scott, of course.
3: <laughs> hey, that's beautiful blue <laughs> so listen let me ask you some uh college questions real quick i want to yeah. ask you first of all are you surprised i am that this kid newman waited this long to back out on his teammates at georgia i mean i think they
0: really got shafted today by this kid they did they do have somebody like jt daniels ready to step in but jamie newman was never even really officially a teammate he's never played a game with them he's a transfer from wake i'm surprised For his purposes, he's currently the sixth-ranked quarterback. I understand the season that they're staring down in the barrel of could be truncated. It could get all blown up. But I thought Jamie Newman needed to go out there on the field and play to improve his draft stock, not work out to improve his draft stock personally
3: respectfully i got one minute blue tell me what you think uh that the big 10 is doing about this alleged october 10th drop dead date of if they want to be in the college playoff they got to make a decision of when they're going to start playing football do you think they'll start in october instead of november
0: yes Uh, I I say they push it forward to do everything they can to try to get involved. They made an early call, perhaps too early, relative to the other conferences, and I think they push it forward. I think they're they're feeling way too much public pressure with the other uh, Power Fives going going ahead with the season.
3: Do you think that uh, the kids suing them at Nebraska had any influence over them, or were they not afraid of that at all?
0: I don't don't think that was the impetus for this. I, I think the fact that everybody in Ohio in the state of Ohio is playing football and not the Buckeyes really made them look bad, to be honest.
3: And do you think that Trump had a sway on Kevin Warren?
0: Not really. No, I I, I think it was uh, the collective pressure of all the institutions on those university presidents getting these guys back on the field.
3: All right, I got 10 seconds. Can you believe that pro football starts next week? <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't wait.
0: Colts, t- get the Colts right now. Laying seven and a half against the Jags. Do it.
3: Whoa, listen to Blue. All right, Mike, great stuff. Always good to have you on Coast to Coast, buddy. All right, there he is, Mike Blue at Football Full Circle. Check him out on Sports Grid. And I got to tell you, we got a lot more to go here. Don't slow down. Grab a beer.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: I thought we were doing the Ron Jeremy story later, but uh, if you really want to let it fly now, Carver, uh, let's get back to the football before I get fired.
4: Uh, Anthony Lynn (laughs) says that Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starting quarterback for the Chargers. We kind of knew this already. They pressed him and he said, yeah, you know, he's the guy who's going to have the job. So no surprises there. Broncos coach Vic Fangio says there will be no hitting of any kind in any of his practices until week one. So uh, the Broncos will go into that game. Uh, looking to put a licking on somebody. Kenny Galladay, Scotty, is going to be the next guy up to get a big contract with the Detroit Lions. You're so right. You said it the other day. All I keep hearing is about this Detroit Lions offense this year and how it's going to be so explosive. Uh, I can't wait to see it because uh, I don't believe it.
3: Well, it reminds me of the Browns uh, when they were selling the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl and everybody ran to the window and got their Browns ticket uh, to cash uh, when the Browns win the Super Bowl. But everyone that has that ticket will be in a casket before that happens. And then the talk of the Lions. Uh, dominating this year in the NFL is laughable as well. I'm still trying to get over that they play their games on Thanksgiving still, and we have to watch it. I'm still <laughs> stuck on that. I can't tradition. I can't bear watching tradition. the Lions. on. I don't care about tradition. They suck. And it's like it's morphine watching them at noon on Thanksgiving Day and watching all your relatives come over that you don't like.
4: Come on, the lion's on Thanksgiving. It's like the Masters at Augusta, Scotty. Come on, it is a no, tradition like no other. No, uh, it isn't. Melvin, it Gordon, uh, Melvin Gordon partners with Lids. Uh, he's a big hat guy, Lids, the hat store, in the mix with Melvin Gordon now. So how about that? The NFL is finalizing their artificial crowd noise policy. Commissioner Roger Goodell says the league wants to invite our fans in. I guess they're probably going to do something like We've seen with the NBA and with the NHL where they'll throw the virtual fans up uh, somewhere in the in the stadium. I would have to guess. Uh, So good for the league there. Coaches and staff must wear masks on the sidelines. I thought that that was going to be regular anyway. I guess they're just getting around, Scotty, to figuring out all those protocols. And finally, from the NFL, the Raiders' new Allegiant Stadium is going to have a sensory nook throughout the uh, stadium. So anybody who has (laughs) anybody who has a problem. With uh, sensory issues or large crowds, they're going oh. to have a safe place that they can go to. Uh, that's pretty cool. Listen, that, that they're thinking about everybody out there in Vegas. And that place looks awesome. And, and they're thinking about people who don't like large crowds. I like that's, it. Good for it, them.
3: It, it, it's very smart. There's also another way to do it. It's stay home. Don't go to the place with big crowds, to the stadium with 100,000 people there. Here's an idea if you're afraid of crowds. Don't go. How's that sound? And I didn't know people were still into hats. Are they really doing hat deals? People, yeah. <laughs> people are, they they really love wearing those hats. All right. They do.
4: They love wearing okay. those hats. So there you go. That's it with the NFL. How about Mafia for this uh, little bit of MMA news that we've got cooking here, Scotty?
3: All right, Mafia, let me ask you this question off the record. uh, I don't think you have this one. This is high heat I'm throwing in there. Uh, Is that uh, Dustin Poirier says he still doesn't have uh, an offer to fight Tony Ferguson, but he'll be ready to go when that happens. I want to see that fight. What are they waiting for? The second coming?
6: I don't know. I mean, that would be a great fight, especially for some of these cars later in the year that you're trying to bolster up here. You know, they're trying to come up with that. You know, Usman and Burns fight for that Nunez card in December. I mean, I think this is a great headlining fight, no matter where you put it, whether it's November, December. And then maybe if you put that in January, if you can't get Diaz-Masvidal rematch that they're looking for, which I'm not a big fan of anyway. But I think that'd be, you know, a top-line fight to watch. I mean, you see these guys in the last fights for both of them, you know, put on incredible performances. Borea's fight that he had against Hooker was one of the most exciting fights we saw all year. So I don't know why you wouldn't try to get this guy right back in the cage and capitalize on that. I don't know what they're waiting for. I know he took some time off, but get on it
3: I got to tell you, we talked about this yesterday a little bit, but I have to reiterate that I'm just cheesed out by the Masvidal, Diaz, too. Like, they're trying to stick that down our throats like anyone can. He beat his ass. What's going to change besides nothing? Your boy, Diaz, he should just stick to that bong he smokes.
6: And honestly, I think that's a fight more so to bring in crowds, to get the you know, people in the arena packing it in, because... You no, know, these are two fighters that people love to watch throw down. The way their style is, where they just get in the cage and they're just gonna, you know, brawl pretty much. People love watching that. So yeah, if you had crowds right now in your arenas, maybe that's a fight you put together as a, you know, co-main event or even somewhere on the pay-per-view just to get people in there even more, so get them excited about a card. For you know, finding that at the apex or Abu Dhabi, is that really going to bring that many pay-per-view buys? I don't know. So Woodley
3: says Masvidal is training him for his fight with Covington. And and is that true? And who do you like in that fight? Because I think a lot of people, you know, he's the heel Covington. Everybody hates him. Mm -hmm. But I actually would. uh, I think I'd enjoy watching Woodley beat his ass.
6: You know, I'd enjoy watching that. And a couple of years ago, you probably would have had that. But I don't know if that's the case that you can have that right now. Woodley did not look good in that fight against Burns. And, you know, he's been injured a lot the last couple of years. You know, he, he uh, has been doing different things, whether it's the TMZ thing, whether it's, you know, podcasts, whether it's he did the, that show with The Rock, you know, trying to be the next, like, American Gladiator type of thing, the Titan Games. So he's been doing a lot of other things right now before this fight. So I just don't know where his head is at. He did not look anything think- like the fighter that he was as the champion against Burns. And even some of those fights when he held on to his belt against, you know, ones uh, they weren't exactly the most exciting fights that he had. And, you know, some people thought that maybe he should have lost some of those decisions that he actually had his way or that were draws that let him hold on to the belt. So that's going to be something we need to see. You know, but back when he fought Wonderboy, people didn't love those fights. So he's been off the last couple of years, I feel like. So I don't know if he's in the right frame of mind or the right uh, physical space right now to fight Covington, who, as much as he's a jerk, is a good fighter. You know, he fought. Tough against Usman. He got his butt kicked. He got finished in the fourth, but he fought tough. Fought in you know, a couple of rounds with an injury that would have knocked a lot of people out. So I think I like that Masvidal stepping in there, though, and helping him out. Because obviously, all three of these guys trained together at ATT earlier for years. And, you know, him and Woodley have a, a good relationship. Woodley said that they have a great friendship. That even some point last year, Masvidal was, like, reaching out to him, calling him out on stuff and in his life. Saying, like, dude, you got to get rid of this stuff. You got to cut this out. You got to get back to your focus. And, you know, help to make some changes that he thinks helped him. Didn't show in the cage, but thinks that he helped him in life. And then went out and was hanging with him for a couple of weeks, training with him. And then, you know, it felt so good that Mosvidal was like, you know what, I'm going home for a couple of days I'm going to come right back because both these guys hate Covington. Pretty much anybody that ever trained with him at ATT hates Covington. That's why a lot of people thought Mosvidal and Covington would have been put together after his loss <laughs> to Usman. But instead it's Woodley. So if he can't beat his face, then he might as well train his buddy to do it.
3: Do you think that uh, because they have so many the saturation of fights and there's just so many cards every week, there's another one this mm-hmm. week that they are actually kind of mired in the mud right now with their um, fight matchmaking. I mean, I some of these fights they're coming up with, like Jones and Brock Lesnar and this Masvidal Diaz, they're just, let's face it, stale.
6: Yeah, I mean, that's a problem that you run into when you have this many cards. And we've talked about that for a long time. Ever since the UFC started making deals with some of these broadcast partners like Fox and ESPN, you know, as good as it is to get it in front of people on regular channels that you don't have to pay 50, 60 bucks to buy a pay per view for, you don't have to go searching down your dial to find a versus or some of these other ones that they were on back in the day, Spike TV. The problem with it, though, is that they want a lot more fights. And when they want a lot more fights, you have to make a lot more fight cards with a bunch of fighters that most people don't even know. When they were having, you know, pay per views one a month, and then maybe a fight card here or there, you know, every two or three months, they throw another free one at you. It was a lot better. The cards were stacked. I used to watch from top to bottom, whole cards, even the you know, Facebook prelims sometimes. But now when you have so many of them, especially like they're doing in COVID, because they've upped that even more so. It was bad enough beforehand. Ever since they came back from the COVID shutdown, they have been, like you said, every week there's another card because they're just trying to capitalize on, you know, so many people not having things going on for so long. But even now you have NBA, NHL, they're still doing, every weekend cards and it just gives you a lot of fights that people just don't care about some people might argue yeah it gives you some people that you might not have known before that can make a name for themselves but let's be honest most people aren't paying attention to you know the main event the co-main event maybe the top three fights right now kind of like boxing and that's been the problem for them forever
3: Wow. Great stuff, Mafia. All right. uh, We'll talk more about the card for this weekend, uh, the rest of the week. Uh, Thanks for all the uh, input today. Let's get back to college football at Carver. High. I know uh, we talked uh, with blue about the October 10th drop dead date for the big 10. Do you think that uh, they're going to move it up and play in October?
4: I don't, I don't think that they're going to, I think that this guy Warren is just kind of stringing everybody along right now. I don't think they're going to make it. I don't think at least not by that October 10th date to be involved in the season. I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to see the Big Ten, you know, start the last weekend in September or the first weekend in October like everybody else is. But uh, I'm just not ready to get there right now. You did have Purdue president Mitch Daniels, Scotty, who said too uncertain to proceed in good conscience. So he's backing. Uh, The Big Ten and Warren, Uh, we know that Nebraska really hasn't, uh, Ohio State, but sounds like Purdue is at least backing the Big Ten here, Scotty.
3: Well, I think like uh, I think there's so much uncertainty at every level of society, uh, whether it's middle schools, uh, you know. Grade schools, high schools, colleges, uh, putting kids back on campus has been very dangerous and the outcome has not been good. There's been massive spikes in COVID everywhere across the country on college campuses. I cannot see how they get through this college season without just extenuating problems uh, every single week, everywhere, all over the country. So maybe at the end of the day, the Big Ten ends up being right and the Pac-12 is right and the Ivy League and all these conferences that decided the risks are not worth the reward. All these others, the SEC, ACC, Big 12, are rolling the dice.
4: Yes, they are. You and Blue had talked about it. Jamie Newman is going to opt out for Georgia. That could open the door, Scotty, obviously, for JT Daniels to possibly be the quarterback for Georgia this year, transfer from USC. He needs to be medically cleared before the opener in order to do that. Tony Dungy is going to replace Doug Flutie on the Notre Dame broadcast on NBC. That is the best news that I heard all day long. That's for sure. The red Listen, river rivalry. You, no, no, I, I
3: gotta <laughs> tell you he's boring. He, he's boring on NBC. He'll be boring doing the Notre Dame games. So they go oh, from look, average I, <laughs> to average, a nice decision. You're right. He, I mean, honestly, it, it, like it. he's like Gambian on Sunday night football. I don't care what anybody says.
4: I don't disagree with you. I was just tired of listening to the Boston College quarterback do Notre Dame games. I was not happy with that. But I'm not telling you that Dungy is as exciting to listen to either, believe me. Red River shootout rivalry going to be October the 10th on Fox at noon Eastern. Iowa State decided to change their mind, Scotty. They wanted to have fans in the stands. Now they realize that's not going to happen, at least for their first couple of games. So the Cyclones turn around on that. I give to you, Scotty. There is college football this weekend. We must take a look at the lines for the games that are actually going to happen. South Alabama is taking on Southern Miss this Saturday. How about Middle Tennessee State and Army, SMU, and the Bobcats of Texas State, Arkansas State, and Memphis. And get ready, BYU and Navy a big clash this weekend, not the normal opening weekend, big games for college football, right, Scotty?
3: What am I going to have to drive up to the uh, see the cadets, the Black Knights, uh, drive up into the trees, go up over to West Point to see them take on Middle Tennessee? Look at Navy uh, going up against BYU. I love it. How about Memphis off Beale Street? They'll be rocking, eating barbecue. Oh, look at that. Southern Miss taking on uh, South Alabama, laying Bigwood. There's games actually tomorrow as well. There's two college football games on Thursday. They're both awful.
4: uh, (laughs) Well, look at that whole schedule for this weekend. I think that BYU Navy game, that could be a little exciting. I'll get into that one a little bit. Uh, PGA Tour announces their schedule for the 2021 season, Scotty. They are calling it a super season. Why? Because it's going to have 50 events for the first time since 1975. Now, as you know, the reason why they have so many events is, they're going to have two U S opens. They're going to have two masters. They've got to re- replace a whole bunch of tournaments that got canceled this year because of COVID. So basically every week for the next year, you've got PGA tour golf, Scotty. Are you excited?
3: No, I want to gouge my eyes out. I only watch the majors. I don't care about all those other candy ass tournaments. It's boring. They should team it up with tennis and throw it off television.
4: Neymar test positive for COVID-19. Not a good scene for him.
3: Well, I guess that's what happens when you go out partying with all them hotties after them PSG wins in the Champions League. Game time is next. Good night.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: What we have here is a failure to communicate. I had no idea what time it was, nor do I care what time it was, because my next story is so uh, invigorating that it brought me back thinking that the show was over. It was like when Bill Hillgrove, the Steelers announcer, decided after several road pops to drive through the front of a pharmacy at the grocery store. He drove through the store in his Cadillac Eldorado and then got out of the car drunk walked in, got his prescription filled, walked out, and uh, the guy at the store said, don't worry about it, Bill, it happens all the time. Yeah, sure it does. Then he got in his car, backed it out, drove up the sidewalk, people diving out of the way, drove into his driveway, got out of his car, went into his kitchen, cracked another one, and uh, said, I love you, honey. What's for dinner? And the police came and arrested him. The guy gets a massive DUI. And what do the Steelers do about it? A two-game suspension for that performance. Anyone else in their right mind, which he obviously wasn't in his right mind, anyone else in the business, in broadcasting, as a play-by-play guy or an analyst, gets a Dewey driving through the front of a store in his car and then backing out and driving up the road afterward, just keep going after bodies are flying out of the way and crashing through a window. Anyone else does that, they're fired same day. Bill Hillgrove is such an institution in Pittsburgh doing Steeler games and Pitt games that they act like he didn't even do it. That is embarrassing. What a bad look for the Steelers. Honestly, that old guy was so hammered, he drove through a store with his car drunk, and you're giving him a two-game suspension? Oh, my God. wonder what would have happened if he had a bag of heroin on him. I mean, honestly. I mean, honestly, what are you doing now that I know what time it is? I'll see you tonight on the bench on sports. Good radio.